This is I'd Rather Be Right, a podcast about big ideas and better predictions. And dick jokes. Which is why this isn't financial, legal, or even dating advice. We might be rich, successful, and good-looking, but Mark Cuban hates us. So prepare to enjoy the best podcast that only awesome, charming, and attractive people like you listen to. Hello, welcome back to the I'd Rather Rewrite podcast with Luke and Nate. I almost said a different podcast name that we were just trash talking before this. We won't guys. mention it because we don't want to piss We won't mention off. it because they're really rich. Not that they would ever care. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, it, it is. Can you imagine we get the invite to go on there? So they go on ours and they look in their deep recesses oh, oh, yes. and find us trash talking them. <laughs> just like, These <laughs> fucking assholes. <laughs> Knowing our luck, that's exactly what would happen. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we got to be careful. One day we're going to have to purge all these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you mean all the ones that we told Mark Cuban to go to fucking hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eventually, yeah. We're going to have, like, when we become, like, famous, like, I, when we change the podcast from I'd Rather Be Right to I Was Right, and yeah. we start getting invited everywhere because of our amazing prediction um, prowess, yeah. we're going to have to, like, hire an intern to go through all these and be like, look, we're getting invited on all these <laughs> podcasts like, with these really rich dudes. You got to find where we talk shit about them and delete that shit. Yeah. It can't be like we like we spend an hour talking shit about Mark Cuban. Like, <laughs> he, he wants to have me over for dinner. <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> Mavs tickets, bro. Mavs tickets. Come on. It really could be a problem. <laughs> Right, I was like, I, I, I don't know if that really has, but it seems like, even Joe Rogan, you know, the famous like I don't give a fuck dude. Yeah. It's like, like especially towards like I don't watch him like really much, but back in the day, like it seemed like he as he was before the Spotify deal was announced, he was getting a little bit more like I don't know, uh, quiet foot around certain topics and issues. Well, <laughs> Just he like, dude, definitely I got uh, apparently hundreds some of millions them. coming. He, some of the episodes did not get uploaded to Spotify. Some of its past yeah. So yeah, there was some evidence that Alex he was Jones like, on there. <laughs> so there's some, yeah. So there's some evidence that he was like trying to clean it up a little bit to make it a little bit more. Yeah. Which, like, dude, like, I, I think he probably got 300 mil. I think he got more than 100 million. I'm like, you know what? Fine, whatever. <laughs> That's yeah, a lot but, of money. It's a lot of money to sit yeah. there and talk shit. When are we going to get yeah. that level? <laughs> I know, right? Well, you'd have to get real big, and it's, and it's going to be hard too because. How do you it's 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 very much like buying into Doge early on. How do you hold on and not sell, right? So like if you get a big podcast or whatever and they come to you with a million dollar check, 5 million dollar check, 10 million dollar check, how do you say no, 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 I wait for the 100 million dollar. Like it's going to be like that sounds crazy yeah. hard. And then uh speaking of that, I I mean we didn't write this down in our notes, but I do mean to say I've been saying, I've been meaning to say that we need to do this. Guys, if you are listening to whoever, wherever you're listening to us, if you guys could rate us, review us, and share us with your friends and family, anyone you think would like us, or if there's just one episode you think they would like, because we we talk about a lot of different various topics, feel free to share that one. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Uh, any any help you guys can help us to build the audience would be great, because right now our audience is pretty small. Uh, but you guys are devoted. You guys listen every week, so we know there's some people yeah. that listen every week. But we really could we're use your help a little bit. Podcasts. Yeah, we're going a little bit. Yeah, but we could really use your help to grow a little faster. We have, our goal is to have 100 con, uh, normal listeners by 2022, and we're you know we've we've seen an uptick recently. Uh, um, I think honestly, our highest performing one is the Bitcoin for Beginners, the first one. It's it's by far it's four times bigger than any of the other podcasts we've done. Um, and then I think it's because we really did target on that one issue, and it was 
designed for beginners. So I think that was a good place to start. So uh, if anyone, if so, if you know any friends or family that are into that question, for sure, certainly share that episode. But any other episodes that are important to them uh, or issues they care about would be great. Or if you just want to, or if you just think they would like our, uh, uh, our dumbass banter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we'll, we need to remember to do that. Yeah. We've yeah, like, so I we don't had, think we've ever asked to, to be shared or anything. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I am making the request right now. Uh, that'd be great, guys, if you guys can do that. I'll try to remember that at the end of the podcast as well. It's a quick reminder because I can imagine you're not going to stop your listening right now and do it. But yeah, let's do that. Uh, we'll try to remember to do it going forward. Anyway, uh, with that being said, we've got two very different topics to talk about today. Uh, one we were talk, we were planning on talking about. We also didn't think we'd get to a full podcast on it. And then, of course, tons of stuff happened in the market today. Um, so we decided to do both. So the first part is going to be about, you know, how to become a, how to be better at traveling actually, which is sort of weird. Uh, but like we've, I think Luke and I have both gotten much better at that as we've gotten older using a lot of the social skills we talked about in the, uh, in, in how to build your friend circle episode and various other strategies we engaged in. So we're going to talk about that for about the first half hour. And then we're going to jump into Bitcoin inflation, T-bill and the T-bill auction, uh, lots of things happened today. Um, and we will definitely want to update on you on all that. So, uh, but if you are interested in one part of this and not the other, uh, feel free to skip the part you're not interested in. It will not offend us. Uh, we would just like talking about different issues, so. All right. Yeah. So we'll start with the travel topic. I don't know about you. I think I was, I was just counting. I think I've been to something like 12 or 15 countries. Um, so I've traveled a lot. A lot of it was actually alone. Yeah, I just moved to I moved to Europe alone and yep. for a year. I just like went and so <laughs> and then just traveled around the entire time uh, I was there, mostly alone. Sometimes with friends. I don't know. I didn't really love traveling actually with a big group. Maybe one of the first things. It's like careful how many people um, you bring or, with you, or even the wrong person. Just if you, you go the small group person. and the wrong person yeah. can be really a drag on your whole trip. Um, and and yeah. I think, but weirdly enough, you picked the. I always say traveling with the right people is better than traveling alone. Traveling alone is better than yes. traveling with the wrong people. So, like, that's sort of the way. Yeah. And there's, like, one friend – I mean, I obviously enjoy hanging out with Luke when we get to travel together. We've traveled a few times, like, inside the United States together. And the other person I really like traveling with is my friend Evan, Evan Bullock. Um, he and I travel very well together. Um, and, it, and it just sort of depends on – but there's other people, and I won't mention names, um, who I do not travel so well with, and I prefer not to travel with uh, if I don't have to. Um, so – it really does sort of uh, uh, it, that can really make or break a trip right off the bat. I think that's important to talk to mention. Yeah. That's, and that comes from the planning phase where, I don't know, sometimes you'll be invited by people, maybe big groups going and then, you know, really think about where could this end up? You're going to be, you might be with these people for a week, yep. very close proximity. And it, uh, you know, and they're, it, it's interesting because the people always say like, you know, travel some before you marry them or something like that. Cause it's like, yeah. you really will see some, uh, people at their worst possible behavior. Uh, cause you know, plane airports are stressful based. I mean, nothing like, I guess if you're going to like central America or some other places, some bad things could happen, but really just, I've seen people freak out just in an airport, <laughs> just get tired, <laughs> yeah. the constant go and people just get tired. Uh, Something that I don't think Nate and I really have a huge issue with. We tend to just well, have fun and get and, drunk. And that <laughs> actually um, sort of builds into some of the 
uh, one thing I was going to mention, but I guess we can mention right now because one way to avoid getting tower, tired is to actually build in some uh, free time. Free time. Uh, and yeah. you guys can do what you want, relax. Uh, some of you guys will go out, some of you won't. Some of you will, you know, read a book next to the um, to the pool or the beach or whatever. I think all of those things are fine. Uh, it just sort of depends what you want. But I think having some free time allows people who need to recharge to recharge. And it gives you some opportunities for some randomness in your life to go. Uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're a person who likes to do more, you can go out and make that happen. But you also get that ability to have those chances that if you have a back-to-back -back itinerary, both, I think, prevents you, uh, serendipity from happening, which is sometimes the best parts of traveling, in my opinion. But it also really hurts people who uh, need to recharge their batteries for whatever reason. Um, so having some of that yeah. space built in, I think is pretty much a good idea. Uh, and I honestly do think packing it just wall to wall, is just not fun. I mean, I, I, I you get and between those two things, the lack of uh, the real, the energy suck that it can be. And then, um, just, I absolutely, my best times of traveling have always been a bit random and that yeah. meant they weren't structured entirely. So that's why like, I actually really like what I like to do is uh when i travel i don't like to go for just two or three days i like to book like a week two weeks a month two months somewhere and like stay in an airbnb in like in the a community in that place because then you just really get to like chill go to the grocery store you go out it's it's a much better thing unless you if you just like cram it in a weekend obviously i've done that and that's how everyone starts but if you yeah, especially with remote work think about going somewhere for a month it's yeah, pretty, I've definitely different. done both. Um, and honestly, I did three and a half weeks in Europe. And I got to tell you, for me, it was half a week too long. Um, about three weeks, I was ready to come home. Um, so it, it's, it's, so it, it depends on who you are, um, how much you like. like and things, I enjoy being alone to a point, but there's a point where it's just like, okay, I'm ready to sleep in my own bed. And, be, and that's, I think, also fundamentally different from like going to an Airbnb where you're going to be there for a month because that mm -hmm. kind of allows you to build kind of like a home but if you're moving from hope in my case right. this is hostel to hostel just like that's a lot of movement um that gets crazy so. we'll get into hostels hostels get crazy but let's let's back up and we'll start with the the first thing you gotta do you can't just randomly go to the airport and get on a plane you don't know where it's gonna go i tried that one time in uh germany i got on a train and i uh, thought it was gonna go one way because i needed to go that way went the other way so that was wait was what, what really yeah yeah so you Germany, where I was going i didn't i it was real confusing i was like not sure which train i was supposed to get on it wasn't really like as for as yeah all the trains in germany run on time but which fucking train are you supposed to get on it's really confusing so a train pulled in coming this way like let's say from the right to the left and i needed to it to keep going that way because i think i needed to go one more stop or whatever so it's like oh i'll just jump on this train real quick it'll take me down a stop i'll jump off whatever i jump on the train and it goes back the way it came and then yeah. it says it doesn't say this next stop it says it's going to go to the next city i think it was like in berlin and it was like oh next stop warsaw and i was like oh no <laughs> like <"Yeah>, <laughs> this is bad <laughs> so what happened okay just guys i'm gonna take this uh, train off for a second uh follow yeah. this train of follow this train of thought here because i just really want to know the rest of the story <laughs> i haven't heard this one before yeah it was really nerve-wracking because i didn't buy a ticket for that train i was like oh i have like a metro ticket but this isn't this is not <laughs> the metro <laughs> and so it did it, it did go past a couple of stops but eventually i think 
because I was like in the middle of town. I got on like in the city center and I think it stopped like one or two stops before the edge of town just to pick up anyone else before it was going to go. And so I just jumped off real quick. I was like, nope, I don't know where I'm at, but <laughs> at least I'm still in <laughs> yeah. Berlin. So I need to get <laughs> off here and figure out my way back, which okay. is that's just one of the things you uh, that happen when you travel in foreign countries and you don't necessarily speak the language. And, and that's alone. speaking of when you're not alone and you were the wrong person, this is the kind of thing where people would freak out if they're the wrong person and you just need people to keep chill mm -hmm. because they're only going to make yeah. a bad situation worse. Whereas people that are calm and can think rationally, keep control of their emotions. They're like, look, we'll figure it out. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, and you want people who can make decisions quickly. Cause like you made it quickly cause you were just, you just get off the train now. But if you have yeah. a, quorum of people and some of them are not very good thinkers they're not going to move yeah. very fast and you could just have that train keep rolling and yeah you really are gone i've so. seen that where you're like we need to go we need to go and then they're like i don't know and you're like dude like you're gonna fuck this whole thing up we just yeah, gotta yeah, go we just gotta go but, yeah. okay uh, all right yeah. so jumping back so don't show up <laughs> do your research do your research yeah. as a yeah google some stuff i think a lot of the ways i've picked places to go i think nathan probably has a different way to do this but just like if there's, I, I like to travel for uh, like um, holidays and things of that nature. Yeah. New Year's, I like to go for uh, October stuff, you know, harvest. Christmas in France and Christmas in uh, New Christmas, Orleans. So, yeah. so that was really fun because it's just very different uh, festivals when you mm -hmm. go down there. Very different yeah, ways you to can just Google, yeah, best places to go. I think we went to, we went to like, I went to Germany a bunch of times. I think we went to, no, we went to Amsterdam for like Halloween. For no yeah. reason and uh they don't celebrate halloween so everyone there was like the fuck are you guys doing here we don't oh yeah yeah so definitely halloween. if you're going for a, uh, a specific event i would definitely make sure that it's a good place for it but the other yeah. thing i'll tell you so is there is a place like that mardi gras i haven't been to new Orleans for mardi gras i've been to new Orleans not and i kind of thought about mm -hmm. which i'd rather have if i only had one and it wasn't the big party i wanted to see what the city was like right um yeah me too so keep that in mind both ways you can go both directions where sometimes you want the party uh, and they, but sometimes you want to uh, experience maybe just the, what it's like when it's not uh, completely uh, crazy. And both of those experiences can be very, very different. So I think it's worth knowing what you're looking mm -hmm. for. And sometimes it just depends on where you are in life or what you're looking for, what you've already done for travel. Uh, maybe you've already been there once and you wanted to go back for the party or you already were there for the party, but wanted to go back when it wasn't. I, mean, I think a lot of factors go in there, but really thinking about what you want out of that trip, I think is a good starting point. And then, and obviously you're working within maybe some set rules that you've only got this time to take off so okay what's a good time you can use google to be like what's where's a good place to go during the you know month of november or whatever um or whatever time you have off or something like that so i definitely think that's one way to go about it by the way you have something here so getting on the plane plan your bag oh what are you thinking um so when i was this definitely wouldn't work for everybody but uh and in europe they're a little bit more lax but you if you're constantly traveling you really want to make sure things in your you want to get through tsa as quickly as possible right and so i would always make sure to like really plan my bag like where everything has a place nothing in my pockets everything in the bag but mm -hmm. like you might have to take some things out but like know where everything is so you're not the dude sitting there like trying to figure out you're not going to lose anything especially if you're traveling some of these places like you know if you're like going to uh, who knows like poland or hungary right or like some or some random yeah. african country and like you lose something like dude you're like the amount of fucked you are <laughs> could yeah, be and a big one is passport knowing where your passport yeah. is and making sure yeah. it lives wherever you want it to live yeah uh, that's a big one when you're traveling internationally don't exactly. fuck that up don't put it different places every time 
Um, no, and if be, you pull it, it out, routine. if you pull it out, you put it right back in when you need it to. Like yeah. unless you, unless you need to, for two minutes later, get it right back to where it was and make it make it make its home, uh, pick that home yeah. spot and just let make it live there. Yeah, I agree with that 100. Uh, percent Yeah, so like you pull things. I would always pull things out in the same order, put them back in the same order. I would take like extra food and water, like little crackers and like bottles of water and stuff with me sometimes. Yeah. And, and like, now you can't get through the security with a not uh, like through the water, but you, but you can, can buy bring the afterwards. water bottle. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is you yeah. can bring the water bottle and almost bring every water bottle, yeah. airport now has water bottle fill stations yeah. now. So but you need to like empty. plan. You need to yeah. plan almost as if you're going hiking or something, not the same equipment, obviously, but like but, you're going to a different city. You know what I yeah. mean? And this is for this is more for maybe some hardcore travelers, but like you can still lose stuff, and that's a big deal. And if you don't have a lot of money, like when I was doing all this, I didn't have a lot of money, not couldn't necessarily buy new stuff. It's, if you lose your passport, you have a real hard time. So, you know, planning what you're gonna need and saving it, rationing it out, uh, is also just a good way to think about it. Uh, and I'm gonna mention something that I learned the hard way. Uh, so if you're going international, okay, make sure you know the address where you're going yes. and how it's how it's formatted because by the way addresses are not yes. universal formats and i no. okay so here's what happened i was going to see my uh, uh my ex-girlfriend from high school like at that point we were exes but like just friends and she lived in london and she told me how to get to her place but never gave me the address oh, no. she gave me instructions of how to get there and then i realized not, when i needed to fill out my immigration like paperwork like when oh, I was coming no. through, I didn't not only did not have the address, I realized <laughs> at that moment the address couldn't be anything like the US. It had to be different. Like no no one has a universal form. And I'm just sitting there going, Oh shit. And I had to like get help from the guy next to me and he was just like lecturing me, but like kind of figured it out and got close enough that like we 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 got through, but I would tell you to make sure you know oh, what the God. address is, know the address formats. Uh, and because I think United States, like Dubai, doesn't even have form addresses. They're like, you live next to the blah 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 thing building or whatever. Yeah, people so, don't. If you haven't been international, things can like the things you think you take for such granted could be so like could be so different. You have no idea. Yeah, like, even just little things. You're just like, what do you mean? And there's a lot of cultural shock that can happen where you're just like, just an address. I remember that too, where it's like, I had no, like when I was trying to find my place in France, I had no idea. I was like on the right street. And, but I would, I'm used to like, you know, buildings having like signage on them telling you yeah. what building that is not in France. Like the buildings don't even, they didn't even have anything. And I was in front of where I needed to go into, but it wasn't marked. And I was yeah. just like, where and, I was walking around the street, I had to find a trash man. And he was like, no, come in here. Yeah, and part of that's like knowing, okay, do they have street signs or do they have the signs listed right. on the street? Sometimes they're on this physical yep. street. Um, and so just like knowing that, and you can do a little bit of research on how these things are laid out. I would definitely do that as part of your, if you're going international, yeah. uh, making sure you have some idea of how that works. Google Earth, um, yeah, is huge now. Yeah, you can yeah. use that for sure. So, um, okay. Um, okay, then, okay, let's assume we've picked out our place. We know where we want to go. Um, I think one of the things I think is underappreciated is reading not even travel books, but like history books about the places you're going to go yeah. or in cultural books. Yes. Um, so like travel ones are good. Uh, I'm not against uh, Rick Steves or anything like that. That can be quite useful. Um, but I would honestly tell you, understanding the history is going to make it, you're going to look forward to the, to the trip. And you're also going to enjoy the trip more when you're there. Cause there's going to be things that you wouldn't even think about and that you're going to walk by and appreciate just because you happen to read about them. So, yeah, this is where I would put my, uh, one of the things that I would always do when I go to a new city or it, it works better in Europe, 
America not as much just because of the way the city's laid out, but take like a, a walking tour, like a free walking tour. They're pretty much you just tip them at the end. They're great, but they'll go over a lot of history uh, of these places. And in Europe, is it's one thing because you're you're probably somewhat familiar with a lot of at least World War II history if you're a guy, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Um, but like you'll you'll they'll inform this history, and then you go, oh, they'll say that building is this over here is this over there is that. And then so okay, cool. That would be like one of the first things I do. And so Sandemans, a little context. Sandemans is one of the uh, really well-known yeah. brands for this. Uh, um, yeah. They're um, S A N D E M A N S, um, and they're um, uh, there are a lot of major cities and, and some U.S. Yep. ones too. So, um, and if you go to and, a hostel, they'll probably be multiple yeah. multiple tours that they'll organize for you. To, that it'll be and, easy for you to find yeah and then um relatedly i think also watching travel channel history channels those kind of things online mm -hmm. you can just search them online sometimes there are netflix any of the food ones are also usually pretty interesting yeah um if anyone has done that i've uh if any uh, um if i'm aware of any of them i'll, I'll look through those kind of uh shows and, and try to watch a few of them on the city because it usually gives you a little bit of history gives you a little bit of the food uh, a little bit of the culture and that's usually a fun way to kind of prepare an easy way to prepare uh and you and i find it enjoyable as well as um useful and then and then the cool thing is you can see some things you may want to do or maybe don't want to do so mm -hmm. um and in this time i'm trying to pick some of the planned so as i told you, you want some free time you have some planned activities this is kind of where i'm trying to figure out what are the things that really if i didn't do i'd feel like i didn't do the things I wanted to mm -hmm. do in the city. And you want a handful, like it depends on how long you go. So if you, you know, I usually want one planned activity a day or every other day, somewhere in that range. Um, it sort of depends on how long I go. And that's sort of where I'm looking for that kind of amount. Um, and, and then, yeah, then make sure you reserve those, uh, you know, check online, make sure if you need to reserve them, reserve them because sometimes they fill up. Um, and the last thing you want to do is miss something you really want to do just because you didn't realize that it books out a month in advance. So definitely as soon as you locate them, check online, figure out how to reserve them if you need to, and then do it. So I, I, I okay. Now once, um, once you are, okay, let's assume we've traveled, we've gone to our city. Uh, we have a few planned activities we're aware of. Um, I think one thing I agree with you, we do, I do really quickly is the walking tour. Um, I usually do that earlier. I, I don't know about you, but I do it earlier yeah. because it, because it usually uh, gives you a good yeah. sense of the city and some ideas of what you might want to do later that you didn't. I'd say like yeah, as soon as possible, the next morning if possible. The next morning is then, usually when yeah. I do it. Yeah, uh, and then let's assume I arrive midday. Um, the first thing I'm going to do is I actually am going to go to dinner or a bar. And I've already done this research on Google to find some of the coolest bars or restaurants mm -hmm. that I seem like fun, that I'd have fun sitting at the bar. That this is important. We talked about how to make a yeah. circle friend, a social circle, and how you really want to sit at the bar when you're meeting people. Same thing applies when you're traveling. So you're going to do dinner. Even if you're with a couple, as a couple, I would recommend sitting at the bar. Because because mm -hmm. well, your goal here is to meet some of the people next to you, talk to them, get some mm -hmm. uh, idea what they would recommend you do. If you're friendly and cool, they'll want to do this. And then also the bartenders, if they're not, if they're slammed, don't do this. It's not cool. But if they're not slammed, they're, and they find out you're from, you know, they're going to uh, maybe give some of you ideas of what you should check out. And the other thing is, they'll usually be useful to tell you what to eat on the menu, like and what not to mm -hmm. miss. Like, and and I always make it clear that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm out of town. Uh, what are the things I should do, or what are the things I should eat on this menu that I really should try? Um, 
and let them, you know, and, and take their advice. I, I would seriously take their advice. And then when you're ready to go to the next, and then usually I go to like two or three bars that night. I don't usually hang out there unless like I'm having a great conversation with someone. And I don't end great times. But my goal is to, so I've got, so I've gone Google and I may have a list of three bars that are sort of walking distance to each other that I might check out. But then I also um, will ask the bartender, like, where do you guys hang out when you, when you guys go out around here? And then sometimes they'll have a better choice or sometimes it's the same, reinforces the same choice that I already made. But regardless, that's what I'm looking for. And because I'm looking for the places that if service industry people have a very, they're not going to send you to a place that's crappy unless they really don't like you. And they, <laughs> they, then they, they won't sell you the good stuff because they, you have to be sociable and fun and doing a lot of the things we talked about that social circle uh, episode because, um, because they're not going to taint their spot. But if they like you, they'll happily send you to some of their best places because they're kind of like, um, you know, it's like giving them a gift as well, right? You, you, you tip, and by the way, this means tipping well. Um, mm -hmm. assuming there's tipping by the way, some places, you know, obviously some, some countries you don't tip, but, uh, but regardless, well, uh, you treat them well. Right. So that's sort of a baseline. And I, and then yeah. I, I found that this is a good way to meet people. And then sometimes they'll invite you to do other things. Uh, you have a superpower when you're a foreigner. Everyone yeah. wants to talk to you. Yeah, exactly. And as, as long as you're not an asshole, so, uh, mm -hmm. or a lump on the log, the things we talked about in the social circle, right? Yeah, exactly. Don't do those things. Um, but this is the time to be, you know, you're you represent America. Well, please. If you're an American, I see most of our list. I assume all of our listeners are American, but maybe they're not, uh, represent your country. Well, let's put it that way where you're from. So, uh, yeah, that's, I really recommend this. I don't think this is done very often by most people. Uh, and that kind of, mm -hmm. and this is part of what I'm talking about adding that free time. Um, some nights I want those free nights to do this because I don't know where the night's going to go. Um, and I'm hoping that like something, ca and usually if I'm social and I'm doing this right within two or three bars, I have a really great conversation going with a really great person who's interesting. And I just spend the rest of my time there, whatever that happens. If that happens the first one, I'm happy to do it there. But a lot of times it takes about two, uh, two bars I found. Luke, I assume you've done something like this, right? uh yeah oh yeah i mean there's i wouldn't bars weren't usually my first go-to um i'm trying to think i mean sometimes they were but i'm also like i take a little bit different approach where i just kind of wander around and like i definitely do things. that during the day it sort of yeah. depends on when i arrive yeah. if i arrive in the morning yeah, yeah i'm not going sure. to a bar right away uh then i'm definitely yeah, wandering yeah. around the day um and i do agree that walking around is almost and it's one by wandering i seem to mean walking or biking or something right, like you want exactly. to motorized scooters. You don't want to be in an Uber. Um, no. If you can help it. Honestly, no. this is the best time to walk around. Now, I, it's worth, again, doing some research, making sure this is a walkable city and safe, that you're in a safe right. area. If you're not, right. then ignore that. But if you are in a safe area, and it's pretty and most European cities are walkable, at least to some degree, you should absolutely mm -hmm. be walking. Um, yeah. That's a good way. And to even big it. American cities, you can walk around a little bit. It's I yeah. really like to feel the city, if that makes sense. Like, like yeah. how does this place feel like? And then you kind of okay, kind of get the vibe of it. And, and you like, kind of wander into a place, get grab yeah. a, a coffee if you're a coffee exactly. person, or a yeah. And or I feel like if you're a place that's known for something, for example, like uh, you know, like like different European places are known yeah. for different things, right? And some of the best. Literally, some of like the best, uh, like the baguette or or uh, or a panini I've had is just like on a random ass like little like shop yeah. on the side street in France, or like the best uh, like. Oh, we had the like Cuban pretzel the Cuban dogs. In Miami. In, 
Yeah. Yeah. We the, oh, the, Miami, just, we went to oh, Little dude, Cuba. That, we kind of, uh, Little Havana. We walked that. up and down Little Havana a little bit and we found just a random yeah. place. And we had a, uh, I think it was actually, uh, um, it was a media noche, technically, which is like a Cuban yeah. cousin, but it was very, yeah. very good. And we just shared it. Yeah. That's the other thing. We shared it a little bit because we wouldn't, we were trying to eat a few different things and we didn't want to, you mm. know, fill up too much. Um, so that's yeah. the other option. If you're traveling with people, you don't always have to eat the whole meal. Um, mm. And you can just kind yeah. of, you can kind of snack your way through the day uh, and try a bunch of different things. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, then eventually finding a place to like, like settle down and like try to like talk to some people, you know. And then, like, get a party. Yeah, going and in our case, we were we ended up at a uh, Cuban bar that, like, it, like outside you could smoke on a smoke a cigar and mm-hmm. have some whiskey and stuff. So, uh, and rum. Yeah. So, and that's what we did. It's just like uh, random ass stuff. You just like yeah. find random things, and you're like, really okay. And you're like, I'm in my went in Rome, right? Yeah, yeah. Essentially, exactly. And 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 we were. Jo- I think you were joking to even that day about like you know if if we were a Cuban older Cuban gentleman, this is what we do. Like, this is exactly right. the life we would be living, right? Like, yeah, and that exactly. is kind of fun to kind of get what, what would the local do um, and try to get them. That, yeah. And, That's always my goal. What is the, what's the local, like, what is the local life like? You know what I mean? I, I remember like when I was, I did a walk or yeah, I did some kind of tour. I think it was in Barcelona. And after the tour, I was with a buddy or two of mine and uh, the tour person, the guide, was like pretty pretty cool i think she was from australia maybe or something and we didn't have anything to do so we were like what like where are you going now like you're off work right like where are you going and she was like i go to this like bar over here I'm like well, let's go can we go with you right and she's like yeah for sure just like yeah and sometimes they're cool and like sometimes they're not and this is where being yeah. sociable and fun is useful as useful because they're gonna you yeah. know they're not gonna offer this to everyone on that tour um yeah exactly and this is also relates to my get off the beaten path thing. And what I mean, it's mm. both in the cities. And, and, and so first of all, let's talk about it in two different ways. One, we're in the city. What I mean is get away from the tourist areas. Like it's, I'm not saying mm. don't go to the tourist areas at all. There's a reason they're tourist areas. Mm. It's usually pretty cool to check out, but don't spend your whole time there. Um, and depending on how, what kind of tourist you like Times Square is Times Square. You go and see it and then get the hell out. And unless you're seeing a show, yeah. I wouldn't hang out. Um, but there's other places that are like touristy because like it's so unique that you should definitely see it. Um, mm-hmm. What is the, I can't remember. What's the name of the church, the very famous church by Gaudi and Anthony Gaudi and, uh, in Barcelona. Uh, I forget what the name oh, is. Oh yeah. The uh, Sagrada de Familia, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, Sagrada de Familia. Familia. Yeah. That one is a popular tour spot for a reason and you definitely need to see it so yeah uh, but just know that the places that are around it are going to be like that for dinner and stuff are going to be very tourist focused and they're probably not going to be what you really want to do for dinner and stuff so you're going to look for tourist like non-tourist spots and this is the kind of thing i'm asking good concierges that will do it hostels will probably help you do it mm-hmm. um certainly that's why i'm making friends with those bartenders and other locals and asking what are they doing because that's these are the experiences that i think are going to cherish more are the more um, you're going to cherish going to see a Sagrada Familia and then you're going to cherish going and hang out with a local at a bar that's very unique to the, that city. Um, like those are the things you're going to cherish. You're not going to cherish having dinner at a TGI Fridays uh, mm. in Times Square or something like that. It's not something you're going to do. So and- Only if you've been in Europe for a year. I, I yeah. did go to like a hard rock cafe in Hungary because I was so homesick. I was like, dude, I need a burger. <laughs> Like, I need an American burger. Yeah, I've done that occasionally when I was traveling, just like look for the local burger because I just love, like a five guys. So 
for me, I grew up on Five Guys. I started here and it started like, and so I went to some of the originals before they even franchised. Um, so for me, it tastes like home. So the good news is Five Guys is almost everywhere in the right. world now. And so if I ever feel homesick, I'll just go to a Five Guys and go. That's um, impossible for me to do. Nowhere has like green chili and tortillas. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. impossible. Yeah. <laughs> and that actually brings me to another point when I was talking about getting off the Putin path. I wanted to say, um, you know, speaking of cities, most cities are very similar. Big cities are similar. Yeah. And I think keep in mind that Paris and D.C. are actually much more similar than D.C. and Albuquerque or D.C. and Taos Pueblo for sure. Um, so mm. even though those are American cities, I still would say Paris is closer to D.C. And Paris and I New York are very agree. similar. So when you're traveling, I get off the beaten path. I would tell you a little bit more. And I wish I did it more when I did that three and a half weeks in Europe was to go to some of the smaller cities, smaller towns a bit more mm. uh, and, and make sure you try to try to bake some of that into your traveling or if you don't yeah. just know that you're getting you're getting you're not going to get that unique cultural experience as much if you go to a big city from another big city if that's where you live now if you were in the middle mm -hmm. of rural america and you go to paris it's gonna be a very different experience because you're gonna get both the big city difference and the foreign uh so experience at the same time. yeah foreign countries are a little different because you're gonna have a completely different culture but at the same time like yeah berlin and paris and DC are all, I mean, they're and filled New with York. millions of yeah. people. And New York, and everyone's clubbing. They all have finance jobs and market. They just do it in German. They might even do it in English. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. then if instead you go to like, and I'll Marseille say now they definitely do it in English. Like, English oh, yeah. is anywhere in no, Europe. No, you'll you notice. Every, so, yeah, you're fine with it. most places. You, you know, you found something special when you go somewhere and they don't speak English. That's where like, you're yeah. like, oh, I'm off the beaten path. These people don't even, they're like, fuck you in your English. And then you have to like switch to French. Or Spanish or something. Or, or use Google Translate or just uh, or or use just, Google Translate or, or, yeah. or sign language. Uh, the funny thing is, like, mm -hmm. I would tell you that most places are happy to serve you even if you don't speak their language because um, mm. they're happy to have some tourist money coming through. Not in French. Um, not in France, though. <laughs> I would say that's actually not true outside of I mean, I experience. French, I, I think the French are a little bit that way. I think the Parisians oh, yeah, are yeah. really that way. And Parisians yeah. are like New Yorkers meet the French. So, like, you go to southern France yeah. and they're not quite that like, like that. And in fact, they all speak English too anyway. So they're just like Marseille, um, they were very nice. They were very, very nice in Marseille that we walked upon like a like a, a street party. It was great. It was amazing. But yeah, like yeah, but I, I would say Paris, Parisians are known yeah, for that. Paris, and Paris no. like but it's like because they're like New Yorkers meet the French. Like both it's of them, weird. Yeah. It's really yeah. really next level meanness. I don't like Paris <laughs> for that reason. I really don't like the people there. I would yeah there that's something I don't speaking of you know how you know how we we haven't done it recently we haven't really shit on a group recently on a, which is one of our rather rewrite uh traditions but I'm gonna shit on Parisians I'm not a fan of Parisians yeah uh yeah. I would I never a, go back friend, to Paris I have a friend who's from Normandy or French uh and he doesn't mm. like Parisians either so I feel yeah. I feel I feel like vindicated I'm like okay he's like yeah, no he's like they're terrible hilarious. people he's like they're like New Yorkers but like Right. Yeah, he's like, and I was like, yes, they are. I'm like, yeah, you get it. So he doesn't like yeah. him. So I, after he yeah, didn't so like say, him, I felt I could shit on. Yeah, try to find cultural events. Like after you do the city thing, great. But then I like, I'm almost more like, where has great nature, great cultural events that a lot of people might not, they're not super into in my travel. Yeah. Um, it seems to be like get off the beaten path, do that. Um, I think maybe one, maybe the last topic we have before we switch to Bitcoin, but like. You know, you have couch surfing here. Should people consider couch surfing hostels, hotels? Like, what's your opinion yeah. on all that? And also say, yeah, I've never done couch surfing, but other people have had some success with it. But also, couch surfers often will hang out with other people from. Um, you can get online and like meet up with them at like uh, restaurants and bars and stuff. Um, 
And that's one way to get in contact with locals, right? Uh, so that's in practice, whatever language skill, if you want to do that. And the other thing is friend to friends is very similar to that. Um, what I'm trying to do is try to get you think of how do I get access to locals? And one way we talked about is bartenders are just meeting people at a bar. Uh, but if you, but you might have friends of friends who you, who introduce you, um, maybe take you out to dinner and, and you guys, or you, well, actually you should take them out to dinner or actually you should mm -hmm. pay for them. And then, uh, and, and then maybe they'll show you a good time. Um, and same thing with couch surfing and yeah. And as far as where to stay, I think hostels are a really good option. Couch surfing is one option. Um, it, it sort of depends whether you're traveling alone or with a group and what they, what their needs are. Mm -hmm. And this is also where traveling, um, if the wrong person could be an issue because some people want higher end stuff and some people want lower end and if you guys have very different tastes one of you is going to be very unhappy um so uh, i would be very careful about knowing what what their travel style is and i'll tell you the problem with start like i actually prefer airbnbs probably to hotels if possible um yeah. places that make me feel more like a local because high-end five-star hotels are nice but they feel like you're a tourist like you are going to feel yeah. touristy and there's a relaxingness to that but I think, I think for what we're trying to say is um, about this is that the more unique cultural experiences you have, where you feel closer to being like a local for a little bit, the more life changing you're going to have an experience. Like sitting on a beach is nice and relaxing, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do it at all. I'm just saying that that's probably not going to change your life. It may recharge your batteries, but mm -hmm. it won't be this story you tell for 40 years and really changes your perspective on the world. Like that's that's the real benefit of traveling in a certain way. Uh, and by the way, I'm not a huge traveler. I like doing it, but I also think people can over travel and just sort of avoid their life. Like any other activity, yes. use, it to, uh, use it as a way to avoid doing real things. But I think if you haven't done it and you haven't done it well, uh, you owe it to yourself to try. Uh, Cause I do think it's a big impact on your life to do it right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I don't feel like, I've done a lot of traveling and I feel like I did it well. It's like, I don't have a huge need to travel that much anymore. Like I'm sure I will, you know what I mean? But it's more yeah, like, cause once you get a so few ravenous. good ones in it, once yeah. you get a few good ones in it, it changes your life enough that you don't yeah. have to do it all You're the like, time. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can but like it, bring that back with you. But you kind of, I have a lot of friends who travel a lot and I can just tell the way they're traveling is just like, it, it seems to be more of just relaxing, which is fine. Um, but I think it has, but I think that's it. It's just fine. Like it's never going to change your life right. the way, way a really unique trip can do it. And the way the unique, the uniqueness you're going to get is through doing some weird cultural events that, um, and getting to know locals in a way that you wouldn't normally uh, just doing normal tour stuff. So yeah, that's what I say. There you, there you have it. That's our little treatise on traveling. Yeah. I let us know if you've done it, any of that. Uh, we'll, and, and if you have any other suggestions on how to do this and have those kind of life-shaping uh, travel experiences, I'd, we'd love to hear them if you have any good ideas that we didn't mention. Yeah, especially, you know, we'll probably be doing a lot more traveling when, uh, like Michael Saylor says, Bitcoin hits $5 million. So, you know, we're going to yeah. need something to do. Because uh, uh, yep. we only record the podcast once a week. Maybe we'll up it to twice a week, but then there's still five other days. I'm going to need something to do. So Yeah, so that's, the, that's called a transition, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional. He's a professional podcaster, my friends. <laughs> exactly. Well, I guess we don't get paid for it yet, but so I'm still amateur. But you know, yeah, we're I'm amateur coming. becoming professionals. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if we get rich off Bitcoin and then just pay ourselves to be pot, it's still the same thing, right? 
Yep. Talking about right, Bitcoin, so making money on Bitcoin. So let's let's jump in. Uh, I think it's two big. I think there's three big things, and we'll do Bitcoin last on this. Uh, one, I think first, inflation numbers came out today. CPI numbers, as we've talked about, CPI is highly manipulated. But with that being said, it's six point two percent, the highest in thirty years. <laughs> so even the even the manipulated number is highest. <laughs> as high as hell yeah uh, so the real number is probably 14 percent or double that so 12 percent, something like that so 12 to 20 percent i probably put in so yeah but six point uh six i think the i think the nine 1980 numbers would make it 14 percent if i read that right uh, a while ago today so it's still highest it's been in 30 years so we're in the 1970s guys enjoy um uh, yeah we've been warning about this for a while um and groovy so, baby uh, so we want to say we're right. We're right. We were right. We're right, we're right. <laughs> but also, I don't want to celebrate too much because it's going to be it's going to suck for a lot of people. I mean, that's the real truth. Um, so as much as we're right, I don't like being right in this regard. Uh, it's definitely going to hurt a lot of people, a lot of average people. Uh, it means yeah, average financially, rough. like what it means average financially, not like average. Because right, like, your hundred like, bucks is now ninety four dollars. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a big that's a big. I mean, that's lunch for one day, or that's you know that's uh you know could be 30 percent or not 30 percent but like 10 percent of your grocery bill like that's a big deal and that's only if we're using the 6.2 percent uh if we're using a you know 14 percent right. 1980 it's significantly less than that so um yeah so this is going to really impact as we know uh young uh lower income folks um poor you know people who live paycheck to paycheck you may not be able to do it anymore so um this is a real problem and um and I don't think that's probably any of our yeah. listeners, to be honest. But if it, but that's why I'm scared of this, uh, and I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. For all the reasons we talked yeah. about, they can't they can't not print money. They can't they back themselves into a corner, and they're going to print their way out of it. And meanwhile, we're so going to print it out, out, print it their money way out of the debt they've created. Meanwhile, they keep adding more debt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ever ever yeah. more debt and ever more money printing. So like. I don't, I don't see how it stops. Like um, anything that's scarce or has supply issues or, and by the way, there's a great article from um, what's, what's Ray Dalio's uh, group, uh, Bridgewater Associates, uh, a great article on about how this is really a demand issue caused by money printing. Uh, and I will, um, I will make sure I post a, uh, uh, a link to it, but it's caused by the helicopter money. Um, this is mm -hmm. not, you know, they tell you it's the supply lines broke. Yeah, certainly that's part of it. Uh, but it's not most of it. And the politicians, including AOC and others, will try to have you believe that's the real cause of it. And I would say that's a slight cause of it, <laughs> but it's the money printing. And, you know, what would have happened if you didn't print money? People wouldn't have gone on the internet and bought more things, which caused supply line issues. So, like, <laughs> like this is a, like fundamentally, I, I just think it's a money problem, and I don't know what the answer is uh, because they have no choice. They can't really default on the debt, so they're going to print more. But I do think the one answer is to stop spending more on the government um, and just get our debt under control and just accept that we're going to have this, and, we're, and it's going to cause, you know, eventually that's going to cause wage increases. Hopefully, because um, you'll want more eventually. Like I need more for my employer. But it's going to be a circle for a while, and it's going to be a self-reinforcing loop for a good while, and it may be a self-reinforcing loop until we end up in Bitcoin standard, which we'll talk about in a second. But this also means if you're not getting it. a raise, you're actually <laughs> not even staying current with uh, inflation. So, so the other thing I want to talk about, jumping 
to T-bills, which we talked about last time, um, treasury bills auctions and how they work. Remember, they, remember the treasury bill auction could come in. The Fed can't enter the auction by law. It's only on public markets. If not enough people bid, so up, the yields go up. That's exactly what happened. Yields spiked today because the auction didn't work as well. You didn't buy as much as they, the demand wasn't there. So they're looking at these CPI numbers. Wall Street Journal had posted something this morning estimating it was going to be pretty high, higher than last time, but not as high as it actually was, 5.9. So they thought, meanwhile, Treasury yields were like 1%. So they're negative real rates. So people are like, why am I going to go buy this garbage thing when I can buy something else, including Bitcoin or anything else? But I can buy other things that are going to yield real money. So they're not buying it. The demand went down. The yields spiked. But of course, not above inflation. So still negative yielding, uh, just maybe less uh, because there's not as much demand for this. Um, and yeah. and that happened today. And then it's partly for this. And that was for the 30-year treasury, by the way. Um, so um, yeah, so that's that's where we're at. Um, uh, we're, we have confidence in the market on the government and its ability to meet its debt in a way that doesn't put you doesn't mean you're basically paying the government to give you less money. Uh, it's not happening. So that's, that's the market said. The, it's starting to say the game's over. I think the jigs the jigs up. The emperor has no clothes. Uh, I think we're starting to see the beginning of that. Um, very very beginning of that. So we got a while to go, but but this thing's gonna happen quick. So I guess we'll find out. And that leads us to Bitcoin, which hit two all-time highs this week, including today, right after the CPI numbers are skyrocketing. And then it had a giant pullback. Um, so right, let's see what it is right now. I'm not quite sure what it is. It's 64,451.37. It topped out at just shy of 69,000. Um, and what happened was, as soon as this happened, a bunch of people levered long. Well, we talked about leverage before. They levered long in the Bitcoin futures market, drove the price up, then they got margin called. <laughs> And then price gosh, cooks, uh, and they, when they, when they, margin call with collateral with Bitcoin. So they had to sell Bitcoin to meet their obligations. And there probably was some issues with the fact that when you have a bone T-bill auction, we've talked about how the T-bill, the risk-free rate of returns go up. Everything in the market comes down. Equities came down. So they probably got margin called in some of their weaker assets too, had to sell Bitcoin. So you've got a problem. Again, this is what happens when we talk about how these things are all connected. This is one of those things playing out. Um, so if you've got cash, and I'd say buy the dip. Uh, you're going to have a chance because as soon as we get these leveraged long people out and the people that are leveraged elsewhere and get in margin called, as soon as they're out and the selling stops, the price is going to skyrocket again. Um, and that would be my absolute guess. I don't know how long that's going to last. The other thing that also contributed to this, um, FTX went down. So FTX is a big trading exchange. Uh, they're in Bahamas mostly, and then they have a U.S. version. The U.S. version is the one. So FTX is also the one sponsored by Tom Brady. So it's a very, very big exchange. Um, it, it went down. And you couldn't get access to it. So that definitely didn't help. My understanding is there are some rumors that are maybe in some other exchanges as well, but FTX definitely went down. Um, so that's not good. The other thing I want to talk about and this is sort of jumping topics a little bit about Bitcoin, but I something we never really talked about. And it's how there is a rule in tax that doesn't apply to Bitcoin and therefore causes more downward volatility. So in um, no, normally in a hey, Luke, can you mute yourself? Uh, so they, um, um, so in normal markets like uh, stocks and other things, there's something called the wash sales rule. So basically the idea is that if you get a stock 
and it goes down um, and you want to take that loss, you sell it. And if you buy it back immediately, it, it cancels each other out. It doesn't count as a loss. That doesn't apply to Bitcoin because Bitcoin, had, the IRS has decided that it's property. Well, property always allowed for a wash sales rule because property generally has not been liquid fungible, like fungible, the same thing. Like meaning that like if you wanted to sell your house and bought a house the same day, it wouldn't be the same house. It would be a different house. So they, they, there's no logic in applying it there. But the problem is Bitcoin is the first 365 uh, a year, uh, year, 365 24-hour 20, uh, market with selling the same item. It's, you know, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. And so if it tips down, there's an incentive to sell because you now can pick up the um, the loss and then immediately rebuy it or, or buy it pretty soon after. Um, and so that downward volatility is partly caused by this. And we know it. So when something like this happens, so, so, you know, the hedge fund could be like, let's dump a bunch. And then, we'll, and then maybe the price will even go down further. We'll buy back on. We'll get more Bitcoin for the same price, and we'll have an ass, a tax asset. I mean, the tax loss. So we actually got a benefit from the government because of this. Well, the new, I believe it's in the infrastructure bill, but they're definitely working on closing this loophole through a statute. Uh, and when they do, I think we're going to see less downward volatility in the market. It won't be. I mean, I'm saying it'll be none because it's still a very volatile asset. There'll just be less incentive to play the tax game and grab a tax asset um, that. Uh, that benefits them. So I, I do think we should keep an eye on whether the what will wash those rules get get through. And I'm not sure if it was in the infrastructure bill. I'll go back and look at it. But that's I think I hadn't really thought about and talked about, and I should have because I'm a tax attorney and I'm a bitcoiner. But yes, that's absolutely going on. Um, so anytime there's a giant pullback like this, I wonder how much of it is some of that a chance to grab a tax asset. Anyway, Luke, you can unmute yourself now. Let me know what you think. Yeah, was that like tax loss harvesting? Yeah, basically. exactly. It's tax loss har um, harvesting based on a rule that can really only apply to Bitcoin. Um, that's a loophole. It's basically a loophole based on the fact they decide to treat Bitcoin as property. Um, and they're trying to close that loophole. And when they do, I do think that's going to reduce some of the downward volatility. There'll just be less incentive to play that game. Because the thing is, you just sell it and mm. wait three days. So that, I think the rule right. is 30 days. If you just sell it and wait 30 days on Bitcoin, that could be a significant difference in price. Um, and that's a big risk. Whereas if you can wait one 24 hours, that's not really that big of a risk. And certainly if you can wait 10 minutes, it's not a risk at all. So, yeah. So you, so to do with Bitcoin right now, you have to wait 30 days. No, right now you don't have to the tax. Uh, so oh. you, can, you can buy it. Or oh, you just do it instantly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can just instant sell it and instant buy it. So you sell it and then buy it immediately. And that counts as a wow. Sale. Wow. I need a I need a program an algo to do that for me. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing. There's algorithms that definitely are being built to do this. And but again, when that benefit goes away, you're not going to see. So I mean, the thing is, you have to take into account of fees, right? So there's so a mm. tiny little drop is not going to do it. But if there's a good one like this, it may be enough incentive for you to further sell into the market, pushing the price further down. Uh, so it's like double pressure to play that game where we talked about where hedge funds sell to drive the price down to buy more. No, uh, but it's an extra send up because because if you do it, you get a you, you get a tax benefit, which is an so even if you like, it gives you like more margin of for error. I think it's a way to think about it, um, um, because you have this other asset that's going to benefit you at fifteen percent or whatever. So, um, and I think when that goes away, we're going to see a little bit less of the. That would make sense. Anything else you you have to add to any of this? Uh no no just just waiting for uh 
what's his name? Michael Saylor's Bitcoin prediction to come true. <laughs> oh, that's true. We didn't talk about Michael Saylor's prediction. Okay, let's do that real quick. Uh, about that. So Michael Saylor on uh, Twitter Spaces made a big prediction. So he said, if in he thinks this could happen within 36 months, meaning three years. Uh, he said three things that that take us to. He thinks it will take us to five million. One is a the um, SEC approves a spot ETF and goes and goes live. So that means. Right now, the Bitcoin future ETF is a futures uh, ETF, which it's not as good as actually owning Bitcoin, and I don't even recommend owning it. Um, there's a whole lot of reasons not to own futures with uh, Bitcoin. It's not a normal, they, you know, they treat it as a commodity, but it's a digital commodity that can be instantly bought 365 days of the year, seven um, in 24 hours a day. So, like, you don't need it. Like, you just, if you want it, you just right. buy it. This is a, you know, futures contracts are great if you're going to buy oil, uh, because in oil, like, you have to store it somewhere. So maybe you don't want to buy it. Your Southwest, Southwest did this at one point and made a lot of money off of this, and why their shares did really well a long time back. So they bought. They thought price of oil was going to go up. So they bought a year's worth of oil in futures contracts, and got it delivered to them when they needed it. So um, there's reasons to do it with an actual commodity, but like a digital commodity that settles. 365 days a year, 24 hours. No reason to do this, and 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 it's really risky. So I wouldn't. So, but right now they won't approve. They haven't and won't approve a spot ETF because there's multiple uh, applications in. I think eventually they're going to have to. Uh, and when they do, he thinks there's going to be tons and tons of money flowing into it, which makes sense because so, a lot of people have rules about like they're in a 401k, what they can buy. ETFs may be allowed, but buying uh, buying Bitcoin itself may not be allowed. Um, certainly, like for me, my 401k has different rules than my Roth IRA, which I can pull, completely control. So my 401k go by my employer's rules, right? So this will allow a lot of access to new money. And a lot of people want to hold it in retirement accounts. They don't want to, uh, uh, you know, that's the other thing about this. They don't want to pull right. money out of their retirement account. This is a very easy way to get access to it. So I think he's right that if this happens, a lot of money comes in and someone has to That's like a $5 trillion dollar industry. It's like yeah. ETF stuff. So like it could, Bitcoin could get a percentage. So what he's saying is there's, a lot of that money can't actually go to Bitcoin right now because of rules. And so if they approve a, a spot ETF for Bitcoin, then some portion of the $5 trillion could go into Bitcoin. And we'll probably see a lot of it go into Bitcoin. So yep. that's one thing that'll increase it. Yep. And another one, he says an ability to borrow against it from a uh, borrow against your Bitcoin from an FDIC bank. So yeah. right now you can borrow against it with um, some other ones. First of all, because there's very few of them, the rate is quite high. It's like 8% to borrow, which is quite high way to, yeah, you're probably going to outperform Bitcoin than the, than the, um, uh, with the Bitcoin that you were uh, holding and not selling. Uh, but it's still 8% is a very high insurance rate. But now what you could get, if you get a 3% rate, it's going to be quite good. So there's going to be more competition. The other thing is the FDIC, Bank means it's a federal deposit insurance company, so so it's 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 protected by the federal government in case they lose it. So I think that's part of the the issue here because you might have to turn over the keys and stuff to them. Um, but this also means there will be less selling pressure in the market, presumably. Um, I think that's the other issue. So, but you've got more options uh, and less selling pressure. I think it's what he's really looking at here. Um, then his third point is ability to write it down using fair value accounting. Um, this is basically the same way as treasury bonds, i.e. property. Right now, if they take a lot, so you know, we know how volatile Bitcoin can be. We talked about one way it might reduce with that tax change, but we still have volatile down, uh, downward volatility. And right now, if it takes it, you, you it's called impaired and it never, rega if it regains, it never goes back up. 
So like, like you just, you end up having to market to your books that you have a loss and then you never actually get it back. But in reality, it's not going back up. Yeah. So in reality, it's going back up. So the point is the accounting treatment makes it look like your books are worse than they really are. Uh, and his point when they fix that, and this is, he said, I, you know, I don't, he controls the company, so he doesn't care. But he's like, he's like, and this is dumb. We definitely need to change it because other companies are just going to look at what their balance sheet looks like. And, and they know that that's a big thing Wall Street cares about. So they need, and these accounting change should happen eventually. And I think it will. Um, and he thinks if all of this happens, uh, then within 36 months, uh, he thinks it's going to happen in 36 months. And he thinks all of that combined together uh, will drive so much le less selling pressure and more demand that you're going to have uh, $5 million of coin in three, in three years. And that's a huge change. And I said to uh, offline, I said to Luke that if this comes true, I will be, uh, I'll probably be paying off a student loan debt uh buying a house and retiring from my current job and focuses only on the podcast because at that point i'd have a lot of money <laughs> um hell yeah hell yeah but i have no idea if he's right i mean i do think i agree all the, those things i agree if every one of the, i agree every one of those things helps improve bitcoin's price i agree with that how quickly it improves yeah. it, how much it improves it i do not know uh five million seems a little really aggressive to me in three years so me too um, that um, seems like crazy as fuck like yeah, yeah. like that would be i would i can't like don't bet on that i would say don't like buy bitcoin but don't expect to have five million i, I don't expect it i'd be grateful if i did let me put it that way um and, oh yeah i would take it <laughs> yeah yeah but the thing is like but i will tell you that sailor has been right about a lot of things not just bitcoin if you go back and read his book the mobile wave how accurate that was he's very very smart very good as predictions prediction most of the predictions have come true and not just bitcoin but other things he predicted and if you could go read the mobile wave so um so yeah. uh, i i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily bet against him either so uh instead maybe of just buying bitcoin to... and uh maybe i'm hoping he's right i guess maybe we need to make a prediction because this is the i'd rather be right show we don't have to do it now but i don't know if i want to bet against him but five i don't really want to bet against him i i really don't it seems aggressive i would say i'd take i i'd say i'd give it a 30 percent chance of coming true is what i would probably do i'd that's higher than I thought it would ever like reasonably get. So I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Yeah. But, but again, he also is making, it's also this, this prediction is predicted, predicated on the fact that those three things come true. So like, uh, that's, that makes sense. That, that, that's the other thing. So, you know, if any one of those comes true, I don't think he would hold by that. He's saying if those three things come, if those three things happen, 36 months, uh, I'm not sure if it's, it's unclear to me if he's like, saying 36 months after the last of the three comes true, or if it's because I wasn't listening to the Twitter spaces, I'm just reading off of it. Or if he was saying, I think it happens when I think all three of these things happen within three months, uh, sorry, within three years, and then, and then the price goes to five million. Because I'd be like, imagine the last thing happens two months before three, uh, uh, so 34 months. And so is he saying that two months from then it's five million, or is he saying 36 months after the third one happens? I'm not sure. So, and that, Interesting. Probably, that would be a clarified question that would, I want to, like, I would, a question I want to clarify because, like, because I'm much more willing to agree with him if he's saying after the third one happens 36 months from that time, I'd be like, okay, I can see that. <laughs> I can, yeah. That makes sense. All right. I got to get out of here. I All got right. a screaming baby, but thanks to everyone for listening to the I'd Rather Be Right podcast. We will talk to you next time. And we were right. We were right. Thank <music> you.